listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer along with a road-weary Craig Boschman as the team rolling back into Swift Current and getting set for a home-and-home this weekend against the uh, Prince Albert Raiders. After a U.S. swing, uh, statistically, I mean, you look at the standings and the result from it, three of a possible ten points. But, uh, you know, some wins got away from this team, but I felt they matched up pretty good against really some some world-class caliber competition. They did, yeah. And, you know, it was such a, a bit of a frustrating trip in that sense that the team played really well and just didn't quite get the results that they were they were looking for but you know you, you look at the way that they did play against you know Portland jumping out to an early lead I mean they you know literally dominated the opening six or seven minutes of that game and just weren't able to kind of sustain that pace before Portland got their legs under them and you know would score two empty net goals to make that game look a lot uh, worse than it was and then the Everett game was uh, you know one that either team could have won and, and the atmosphere in that rink was was something I, I don't know if I've ever seen before in a, in a junior rink with 7,500 people there going nuts and goes to overtime and, and overtime is overtime and you know the Seattle game was was the same thing you're going you're going up against the number one team in the country and you look at their roster and how many first round picks they've got on their team and, and whatnot but the Broncos played them you know pretty much shot for shot and a couple of neutral zone turnovers end up being the difference in that one and you know Tri-City was Tri-City that was certainly the most frustrating game of the trip just couldn't quite get it going uh, right from the start of the game and then finishing off strong in Spokane to, to kind of have a good feeling heading home so you know a bit of a tough trip in the, in the results category but certainly not for a lack of effort in uh, in four of the five games so I think overall the team can be pretty happy with the way they played on the trip but you know they would have loved to come up with a few more points the one thing with those U.S. trips is the the way the fans are there like they're they're passionate about it you know Bron- Bronco fans they, they go to the game they're, they're quite analytical about it whereas you know fans in those five U.S. markets they're there to, to crush beer and have a good time and, and really get into it how what did the guys think of the atmosphere of those five rinks like each rink has something different when they score a goal that the fans get involved in you know the Broncos suck chant in Seattle <laughs> that they incorporate for every team that's in town after they score a goal but uh, you know what was it like for these kids many of them who started their career in an empty rink yeah I think it was that. I think it was pretty cool for them I mean they, they got a sense of what a, a full innovation plex looks like in their last home game before that trip against Regina and then in Regina the next night was was pretty packed as well and the Sunday game in Medicine Hat was you know as expected a Sunday four o'clock start medicine that's not going to be a sellout so but heading down there I mean Portland was only about half full but it, it felt like it was more than that just with how you know engaged the fans are how much they're always seemingly at the edge of their seat every shot no matter where it's coming from they're they're jumping up and getting excited and they have their you know their fist pump chant after they score goals um, you know in the Everett game like I said there was almost 7,500 people in that rink and I, I don't really know why because it wasn't like a special giveaway night or anything it was yeah. just a packed packed house there and the last 10 minutes of regulation of that game was was just crazy like you can feel everybody just kind of rocking back and forth in their seats as every every chance went toward the net and you know in overtime it almost felt like the roof was going to blow off that place in overtime when whenever it won it so uh, the atmospheres were were pretty amazing um, especially those those first two games I mean Seattle was it's a smaller rink than I thought it was but still even though it wasn't quite full it's still pretty pretty cool atmosphere and like you said the fans have their their chance you know they're giving it to the refs every time they come out they're chanting Broncos suck when they come back on the ice and whenever Seattle scores so just a, a totally different way to, to kind of experience the game and I think it was pretty cool for the for the players to see that and just see what it's like in a, in a different market and, and these types of things so uh, 
it was a pretty cool trip to kind of see what it's like down there and get a chance to experience uh, you know the U.S. division. Yeah, in terms of downtime, there's not a ton of it when you go on these trips. Uh, you're spending a lot of time on the bus, uh, moving on to the next stop. But but was there a little R and R time for the guys and, and maybe the opportunity to be a tourist? Yeah, they had uh, the one day off in uh, in I guess that was Sunday. I think it was. I uh, went to Pike Place Market in Seattle and had a chance to go to a big mall as well. So the guys got a chance to be tourists there for you know five, six, seven hours and kind of just look around, spend some money, um, you know, check out what's going on there. Pike Place, such a, a unique place to be. I think anybody who's uh, looking for a new spot to go vacation, if you haven't been to, to Seattle and that, that area, I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, you know, super cool to go down there and see everything. You're driving by, um, you know, the Mariner Stadium and the uh, the Seahawks Stadium and seeing all that stuff. And then right on the water there with Pike Place, you know, there's there's fresh seafood all, all over the place if you're a seafood person. So uh, super cool place to be. Uh, it was awesome for the guys to get a chance to kind of see that up close. And uh, a lot of the parents and builds made their way down to that trip too. So there was some family around to kind of spend some time with them as well. So uh, it was super great for those guys to get a chance to kind of just have some downtime on a very busy trip. This portion of Broncos this week brought to you by Tourism Seattle. <laughs> Experience the Emerald City. I wait for my check in the mail, please. All right. Hey, uh, we got Devin Pratt coming up on the podcast. We're also going to have a, a sit-down chat with one of the newest members of the Bronco family and 20-year-old defenseman Mason Ward. Yeah, playing some some important minutes for the team. Obviously, their, their team was hoping to get a little bit tougher and, and harder to play against uh, at the trade deadline. And a guy like Mason Ward certainly brings that with not only the uh, the imposing size that he brings, but uh, you know his uh, his tenaciousness on the ice to you know not be afraid to get the sticks up and uh, you know hit some hit some numbers with some sticks in front of the goal and battle in the corner. So uh, he's uh, playing an important role in the team, and it was nice to get a chance to sit down and talk to him. Right on, Mason Ward, our feature guest on Broncos this week coming up, but in the much more immediate future, we'll sit down with head coach Devin Pratt. This is Broncos this week, brought to you by Original Sixteen. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. The team is back after their U.S. swing and uh, head coach Devin Pratt joining us right now. Devin, uh, you know, just summarizing that U.S. trip on the whole, um, you played some really competitive games against some really, really good hockey teams. Uh, a measuring stick type trip if you will um what's your assessment of how things went down yeah certainly i think it was a learning experience for everybody um from the staff right down to the players um you know uh darian our head equipment uh manager he's the only one that's really been on the trip before from our side so um it's a long haul but it was a great experience um you know new atmospheres new ranks new competition new faces to play against and um I was extremely proud of the guys and the way that we played in the first three games. Um, we had a, a solid effort in um, Portland and then followed up in, with a game that I thought we, we should have won in Everett and then uh, another really solid uh, effort against Seattle and uh, unfortunately laid a little bit of an egg in Tri-City but uh, responded well, finished on a good note in uh, in Spokane and uh, ready to get back on home ice here Friday night. And I guess that is sort of the a bit of a frustrating part of the trip as the team did play well, maybe deserved some better results, especially over those first three games but just um, you know when you're playing against great teams like Seattle and Portland you know, those little mistakes in a game can really uh, be the difference maker for sure and you know like those are the teams that uh, those mistakes end up in the back of your net more times than not and uh, just a learning experience for our guys as well and um, you know both those teams home records are uh, pretty significant as well as well as Tri-City so um, you know we uh, we went in we competed we represented the Broncos well and uh, unfortunately 
unfortunately, we didn't come home with the results we wanted, but at the same time, um, we came home with the identity. We played with our identity. We played our game. Um, it wasn't that we went out and, and we were lost and we're back to the drawing board and looking for, for ways to have success. Um, we felt that the process was established um, most nights that we were on the road there and that uh, the results just didn't follow. So uh, stick to it, be patient within it, and uh, they'll go our way here. Yeah, I want to talk about that game against Seattle in particular because this is a team they definitely went all in at the deadline. They made some big buys. They've even gotten some players since you guys took them on. And I thought you guys really played them well. Like, uh, you opened with a big start. You took a lead on, you know, one of the top teams in the CHL. From a coaching perspective, you know, how did you feel in particular after that Seattle game playing against, you know, for lack of a better term, such a stacked team? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... You know, it was one of those nights that our guys felt comfortable. Um, they felt confident in the group and the guys beside them. And um, we just played hard. We played fast. Uh, we played straight lines, simple, gain zones. Had a very effective forecheck. Um, and we were physical. And uh, that's one thing our, our team brings. And that element of physicality and um, sticking up for each other after, too. And we had a couple of big hits followed by fights right after. And it was just kind of, I think there was uh, awareness on the Seattle side of that like okay they're here to play they're here to compete um you know they're not looking at us and our roster and saying that um that the the game's going to take care of itself they're they're here to to make a mark on it and uh, extremely proud of our group uh you know a couple um small mistakes that end up in the back of our net in the second period and um there's no quit we're down 3-1 and we score early in the third and then uh, had a great push throughout the third so yeah as i say uh, extremely proud of our guys i think um you know reflecting on in the room after that was probably the highest pace game we played for a full 60 minutes all season long and then the challenge is that we recreate that and that we create that every day in practice that tempo that pace and uh compete level so um yeah i, I we were proud of the guys it's it's tough if you're you know when you're in the middle of a, a little losing skid and things didn't go your way in Portland and you didn't walk away with two points in Everett and now all of a sudden you have a great effort against you know a number one ranked team in Canada and uh, you walk away with nothing and you kind of feel a little bit empty that you haven't got the results but that's uh, you know the challenge to these guys is just to stay patient within it that it's going to come and that uh, we're playing the right way. I know you try not to focus too much on whether or not there's a lot of people in the stands watching the games, but what can you say about the atmospheres in those rinks down there with, you know, packed houses and the fans just super engaged in those U.S. division rinks? Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I think our guys got a an eye-opening in Portland right away. Uh, mid-play, they kind of started to clap your hands and guys were looking around like the game's going on and the PA <laughs> announcer's asking for that and um, a lot of energy within the rinks and I think it just adds, adds to the animosity on the ice. It had a a game seven feel uh, in every one of those games and a credit to their fans uh, for doing that and the job um, you know that they do and, and getting engaged and um, you know they're they're there for for a good time um, you know I I don't know it's uh, it is a different demograph when you look at like you know Swift has a history there's a lot of hockey history even through the western provinces where a lot of people are um, you know keepers of the game they watch the game they analyze it they compare it to years past 
fast. If there's someone really rowdy in their section, they're probably looking to move the next time or whatever it may be. And it was like um, all walks of life were just, uh, you know, swinging their shirts and yelling and dancing at every intermission. And uh, the game in Everett, I think, is one that our guys will remember for a long time just from that atmosphere standpoint of every time they entered our zone, you could feel like a gasp from the crowd. You could feel the, the ooh and the awe of every simple shot on net. And, um, you know, we know that that atmosphere is up here as well and that uh, when you get into crunch times and you get the, the, the packed rink like we had against Regina before we left, um, you know, you can feel that as well. So uh, love our fans, love the support we get. And I think the one thing that uh, people walk away from the rink knowing is that they're going to get an honest effort from the Broncos this year, that win or lose, they're not going to quit. They're going to play the full 60 and give themselves the best opportunity. It's entertaining hockey. Yeah, I like the way you broke that down. You know, in, in Swift Current, you have fans that are often very analytical. And, you know, the joke is, you know, 16,000 GMs out there. But, but yeah, in the States, they're just there to crush beer and eat hot dogs and have a good time at the rink and, and maybe see the mitts drop a few times and really get fired up. But, uh, you know, for you guys, you, you talked about it, about how Darian's the only guy on that bus that's really been through the experience before. Maybe it was something on ice, maybe it wasn't. But, you know, what were some memorable things for, for you and the staff there? And may, maybe something you might do differently next time? Yeah, you know what? I think we always sit back, reflect, and try and learn on, um, you know, how how we went about things. And, um, like, I I think I'll just remember um, being in the rinks. Uh, I've never driven through southern Alberta and southern BC, so going through the mountains, I really enjoyed that um, part of the drive. And then uh, all the states were new to me, too. So just, you know, looking out the windshield and, um, you know, we're, we're getting to that point on the travel out. We went to Cranbrook and got up the next day and traveled in and I made a joke knowing that we had quite a bit left but I was like half hour and we're there Brent <laughs> and we're, we're still about four and a half away so uh, I can draw draw long at some times but uh, yeah I think you know getting the guys together um, being able to, to give them a day off in Seattle and spend the, the time downtown and kind of explore a bigger city one of the bigger cities within our league um, you know the time the guys were allowed to, uh, to spend together and continue to kind of gel and and build these relationships within our room uh something i won't forget and yeah just really proud of the guys um you know as as we, we may look like we came home with uh, less in our pockets than we wanted, but uh, I thought we represented the Broncos very well. We played hard, and um, you know we'll learn from it for the next time we go down. So now back here on home ice for the first time in a couple of weeks, but you know you talked about the long travel to and from the U.S. Division, but you still got some long travel coming up here. I mean, after this weekend, you're heading to Manitoba on Monday and then coming back, getting set for a very long week against some very good teams as well. So it's not uh, exactly a step back here as things continue to roll along. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, in a week's time um, from now, uh, when we finish our game in Winnipeg, we're going to be, you know, sitting at eight eight home games and nine road games left. And currently we're sitting at nine home and, and 12 on the road. And before we left for that trip, it was nine and 17. So it can be a little bit daunting, um, you know, the road games. But for our guys, uh, you know, we've we've really established our identity at home and on the road and uh, willingness to compete and being prepared and uh, these trips are you know they're clockwork for our guys now we've been on both of these trips uh, the ones that are coming up we are, are only real overnighters that are left are um, out to, to Manitoba and then into Alberta twice so um, everything else is kind of that day travel and you know one of the benefits of playing in Swift Current is uh, you know you're pretty close to quite a few teams in the league you're in underneath that, that four hours 
hours and you can make things happen in the, in the day so um, yeah I think our, our guys are ready um, they're hungry for it and I'm excited for seven o'clock Friday night yeah you know just one more US trip question uh, from a scheduling standpoint and, and from a, a, a I'll use the term load management and whatnot it can be a meat grinder you're playing a lot of hockey and not a lot of time uh, in general like how did the team weather the storm some guys nicked up after that one or you know what I think uh, pretty well I think that's been a major growth of our team this year is just the investment off the ice to taking care of their body uh, the way they cool down after and then um, also uh, just some you know myself learning um, understanding what a 68 game looks like uh, schedule um, you know knowing that when we were on the road we had one full practice the rest of it was a couple morning skates and the rest was just rest uh, days off uh, time off time to recoup and um, you know shortening practices up down the stretch here is is uh, very important for our group so um, yeah I think it's uh, it's um, a credit to them and and the, the steps they've made in taking care of their body and then also just uh, some learning on my end and and uh, putting that into practice Yes, a quick note on uh, Ty Copeland getting called up for a couple of games there, uh, really wasting no time, making uh, an impression with a game-winning goal in his second career game. Just looked pretty comfortable out there, obviously getting some time on the man advantage as well, and uh, looks like he's a pretty key uh, piece of the future here. Yeah, we've been really excited for Ty, and uh, right from you know getting him in the draft where we did, and then uh, he had a great preseason with us here, and it was just one of those guys that uh, you can tell the way he carries himself on the ice, the way he touches a puck, the way he sees the ice, shoots a puck, that... Uh, he's going to have some offensive numbers here in this league and uh, I thought he stepped into Tri-City and then had a very effective game made a nice play in a power play didn't get an assist for it but uh, was a part of a play had a nice scoring chance early in the first and uh, was physically engaged all night for a guy that's not uh, overwhelmingly big so um, you know I, we really like that and uh, game two I mean that's a, a shot we've seen him take a lot of times at his level and for him to have that confidence and to let it go it was a a sniper shot on the power play so um i'm sure it was exciting for you to call as it was for us on the bench to see yeah it, real quick before we wrap things up home and home with the uh, prince albert raiders coming up this weekend a team that you haven't really seen that much of this year in person yeah we haven't had them for a while um but they're playing good hockey uh, they had a nice bc swing they went three for five um they got their they're healthy they got their guys back and they have some veteran presence over there so um you know the challenge for us is you know establishing our game playing against the best version of who we are and then doing that consistently for 60 minutes so um we're excited we're excited to take the ice here friday night again you know as you say we haven't seen them a whole lot so it's like playing a fresh team haven't seen them in probably uh two and a half three months so um for our guys it's just to go out there and as i say establish our game and be excited to play Thanks for this, Devin. Uh, greatly appreciated. And best of luck with that home and home against the Raiders this weekend, man. Thank you guys very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast. We're here with our feature guest, Mason Ward, one of the newest members of the uh, Swift Current Bronco family. Mason, we'll just get this question out of the way beforehand. There's been plenty of jokes about the multiple wards playing for this team. In, in terms of nicknames, what route did the dressing room go with you? Uh, so as of now, we got myself uh, as Bordo, so uh, Big Wardo that stands for, and then uh, <laughs> Sam Ward, we got Swardo, and then uh, Matt Ward, we just 
we just call him Wardo. So. OG Wardo. Yeah. All right. Well, Bordo joining us here on the uh, on the Broncos This Week podcast. Thanks a bunch for, for making your way down to this end of the rink. Uh, what was it like trade deadline day when, when you got that call saying Swift Current? Uh, what do you remember about that? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of emotions getting traded and then, uh, you know, a little surprising in that sense. So, but, you know, after a couple of hours, it kind of starts to settle in and then, you, you know, you're overall pretty excited and, you know, you just want to get there and get things going. So, And you had obviously played against the Broncos plenty in the last couple of years here, not only with Brandon, but also with uh, the Red Deer Rebels as well. So uh, those games against Swift Current before you were a member of this team, uh, what do you remember about uh, going head-to-head with your now teammates? Yeah, you know, uh, lots of battles against the boys here. Uh, more specifically Davies, but, you know, we're good, <laughs> we're good buddies now. And, you know, he's a good guy, but, uh, you know, uh, playing against Swift, they've always been a hard hard work and knows team and lots of skill and you know it's fun to be on that side of it now we'll ask you the the classic hockey question you know how would you describe yourself as a player and you know is there a well-known nhl guy that you'd compare your game to yeah uh i'm a big two-way guy uh kind of take care of my side of the ice first and uh you know, I'll put the puck in the net every once in a while. But, you know, I really like watching someone like Matt Dumba. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's an explosive player and uh, lay some big hits every once in a while. And, you know, I like doing that too. So he's a fun guy to watch. Something I didn't actually know about you until after you had got here is that uh, your dad is Lance Ward, who played in the National Hockey League for, for a bunch of seasons there. So he, much like you, was a big, you know, defensive defenseman, physical, hard to play against kind of guy. How much of an impact did uh, he have on uh, your hockey career? Yeah, a ton. I actually grew up playing mostly forward when I was a kid. So uh, never really, he couldn't give me too many pointers on that. But, uh, you know, once I started you know growing in my body and getting taller I think I started playing yeah defense around then so you know just kind of I used to train with him in the summers and stuff so uh, I guess you know just he'd give me an hour of pointers and all that every summer so you know learned a lot from him yeah so did it just get to the point where they realized that you were going to be a bigger than average kid and did you have a coach say maybe you should try defense or how how did that transition happen yeah I don't even know honestly it would have been around peewee to bantam age I made the switch and uh like I I've always played d but I'd kind of flip-flop and so um you know I just decided to start playing d one year and I don't just loved it since and you know started getting bigger so yeah, I just thought I'd be a better defenseman. Now you're from Lloydminster, played all your minor hockey growing up in Lloydminster. And, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you about your, your uh, WHL draft season. would have been 16-17. You don't end up getting drafted. Were you were you disappointed? I know you end up in Red Deer just a couple years later. But was that, uh, you know, a disappointing uh, kind of year for you? Yeah, uh, I didn't think I had the best season ever. But, you know, I still thought uh, there's a chance I could be drafted and stuff. So, you know, after the draft, I was a little bummed out and, uh, I don't know. I did. I just didn't ever see myself playing in this league. I didn't think I ever had a chance. And then, uh, you know, I got a camp invite from Red Deer and some other teams, and decided to just go to Red Deer because my dad played there. And 
you know, they really liked me, and I got listed right after, so it worked out perfectly. Did you have a big moment at that camp? I mean, you you'd mentioned that your, your confidence maybe took a bit of a hit not being drafted, but you show up at camp, and you end up making the team as an undrafted player. Uh, you know, what do you remember about that? Was there a moment where you kind of gained some, some confidence and realized you could hang in this league? Yeah, you know, uh, that whole summer was a big summer for me. I took it. Uh, took it pretty serious and you know I, I knew I could play in the Western League uh, you know just with my skill and my size and my skating and you know I just put a lot of work in that summer and uh, you know that was my only goal was making the Rebels that year and uh, you know I didn't have any plan B or anything I just wanted to focus on that and you know it happened so it was really exciting so as a bigger guy it seems like sometimes those bigger guys are kind of the target of other teams and thinking that they can kind of goad you into fights or goad you into penalties that kind of thing do you feel like right from day one in the WHL there was always guys who were trying to get under your skin right from the right from the hop yeah a little bit um you know I kind of was coached into a way of playing you know gritty and physical underside there and you know I thank him for that it's you know I think it's important and uh I don't think I really like had much of that in my game before being in Red Deer but you know coming out of there I think it's a you know like a good a good value to have is having that grit and you know having that size and hitting ability but yeah I guess guys will try to get under my skin stuff and uh, you know, I just can't let it affect you. As as a young kid, uh, your dad would have been playing some hockey overseas. You know, he did some time in, in the Swedish league. D- did you ever go and live with him for an extended period of time, or, or was he playing over there while you were back here? How did, how did that work? Yeah, so I was actually born in Florida when he was with the Panthers there, and uh, I got three other brothers. One was born in New York and then California, and then we all – I lived in Sweden for – it would have been – two years around there and then we, he went to Germany so we moved there too and uh, you know I did school there and everything as well but yeah it wasn't really school it was just <laughs> learning how to speak Swedish and German and stuff and so then by the time we moved back to Lloyd um, I would have been grade three until I started to go to like real school so I was going to say, so, I mean, how much of that, you know, living over there, do you remember? Because, you know, when you first went to Sweden, you would have been like three or four years old. But by the time you left, you were closer to, you know, eight or nine years old. So do you remember a lot about uh, spending time over there in Sweden? Yeah, I do remember quite a bit, you know, just hanging around in the dressing room after my dad's practices and stuff. And, you know, just, I guess, uh, playing many sticks with the other kids on the, like the little kids on the team and stuff. But, you know, besides that, I don't remember too much, but... Is there anything, like, away from the hockey rink that you remember about, like, life in Sweden? Anything there that, you know, maybe strikes you as unusual or anything like that? I've I've never been, so I'm just – I'm trying to get a picture painted of Sweden here. Uh, Yeah, I remember as a kid, every time I'd go driving with my dad, like, they they only drive manuals down there. Like, it's pretty common, so I'd always be shifting for them. And, uh, you know, all the houses there were – I forget where we were, but, you know, just kind of, like, tinier, more, like, compact houses. Like, not really, like, modern or anything like that. But, 
yeah, that's pretty much all I remember. Your um, your rookie season at WHL was the 2019-20 year. So the following season was, uh, you know, the the hub season for different teams. Uh, you guys in Red Deer might have had the most unique situation living in the rink there at the PVMR Centrum. Um, you know, when you were told that, A, the guys are going to play, I'm sure you were pretty excited. But when you heard about living in the rink, was there kind of something like, what the, how's that going to work out? Yeah, you know, uh, we are all at home for a while there, so we are pretty excited just to play any sort of hockey. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a different experience, you could say that. And, uh, you know, it was pretty tough on a lot of guys just being in the rink and stuff. But, you know, we're all just grateful. We had a season there, and, you know, they put a lot of money and effort into having us there. So we're just thankful for that. But In a situation like that, like, where, where do you sleep? Like, where do you live out of? Did they put you in, like, one of the, the suites or something like that? Or Yeah, in Red Deer, they got the wall on the one side where it's just suites and stuff and so everyone had their own suite and uh you know just a mattress on the floor and you know that was that was home for us like was it tough to sleep i'm sure guys had like tvs and there was you know lights out by whatever time but like could you hear the guy above you or beside you could you hear his tv or like his music going throughout the night yeah it'd be you know guys would be playing call of duty during night and (laughs) you'd hear some swear words and stuff coming out of the rink and it'd echo but it was pretty funny but um yeah no you could someone was on the phone next to you like the room beside you you could hear him a little bit but yeah We'll segue into the uh, what do you like doing in your free time question. Video game guy, Netflix guy, uh, you know, what's uh, what do you do in the downtime? Uh, used to be a big video game guy, uh, but I, you know, sold my PlayStation to my brother. I don't know why. And then, uh, you know, I watch a couple shows. I'd, my favorite show's got to be Gold Rush right now. Uh, like, they just yeah, have Gold Rush Alaska. Everyone says it's a pretty boring show, but I think it's pretty interesting. Now you, um, as we transition just back into hockey, I know you went to Detroit Red Wings camp ahead of uh, last season, 21-22. Uh, I'm guessing that was, you know, a camp invite. To, how did you kind of find out about that? Did you get a call from, you know, Steve Eisman or, or anybody like that? Uh, no, not from Steve Y, <laughs> but uh, one of the scouts just called me right before and, you know, just kind of explained the whole ordeal there. And uh, I never knew they did, like, the rookie tournament, so it was pretty exciting that, you know, I, I was going to play in that, and, you know, it went pretty well. I thought I played well, and, and then suffered an injury after, and so I had to stay there for about a month, and, you know, it was nice they took care of me and everything and made sure I was healthy before they sent me back, so. Did you have any starstruck moments at an NHL camp? Yeah, uh, you know, we had some big names on our prospects team there, like Raymond and Valeno, so, you know, it was pretty cool getting to play along those guys, and, you know, just being back at the rink and, like, for the month there, just, you know, just walk down the hallway and you see Larkin and you walk into this room and, yeah, you know, just big names everywhere. And, you know, it's kind of cool just seeing how they how they live there and, like, what it's like being an NHLer. And is going to, you know, a camp like that, does it really kind of almost give you motivation to want to get to pro hockey and sort of be a part of that? Is that kind of what your, your hope is once uh, your junior career is over after the season? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's my goal is uh, trying to play pro. And, you know, just being at the camps there, you're just like, oh, I wouldn't mind living like this every day. So, you know, gives you a little extra motivation to try to get there. Yeah, a staple with junior hockey and, and the Western Hockey League is the Billet family. Uh, who are you set up with in, in Swift Current here, and how's that experience? Uh, I'm with uh, Jesse and Steph 
Jenserik. Uh, yeah, they had Kanger before me, and so, you know, they're great people, you know, uh, they're young people, and they're new in the building, but they're awesome. I got no complaints there, and, you know, got a pretty sweet setup in the basement, uh, darts and a pool table, so can't complain. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and it, maybe like helping him out with his album, Jesse, because he, he like he's an aspiring recording artist, eh? And he does the anthem at games here. He does a dynamite job. Looks like Rip from Yellowstone. But uh, you know, is he is he playing guitar upstairs, working on the music? Yeah, I'll hear him singing every once in a while, but you know, I can't really give him any pointers, so I just. <laughs> Just don't say much. Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate you doing this, coming on down here and uh, and having a chat with us on the podcast. And best of luck the rest of the season and uh, and into next year in pursuit of that pro career, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mason Ward on the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, a big thanks to Mason Ward and Coach Devin Pratt for joining us as the team now sets its sights on a home-and-home weekend with the Prince Albert Raiders. As th- There's been one trip to the Hauser Center this year for this team, right? There has, yes. They did one uh, couple of games earlier this year. They had the overtime win here on yes. October 7th. Uh, Caden Sadrukang getting the 0-2 winner that night. And then a couple of weeks later, went up to Prince Albert, and it was a pretty back-and-forth game. I remember it was Matthew Ward's 100th Western Hockey League game, and I think you had uh, two goals and an assist uh, to pick up another 5-4 win. So, yeah, pre-A in town uh, this Friday night, 7.05 puck drop at Innovation Plex and then off to the Art Hauser Center the following Saturday night. Great to have the team back in Swift Current and, and very much looking forward to a packed house this Friday night. Yeah, it, it feels like it feels like it's been months since the team was was at home and it's been, you know, seven straight games on the road now with uh, with those two in Regina and, and Medicine Hat before the U.S. trip. And it's still uh, it's still pretty busy. I mean, like we said, he got the game up in Prince Albert on the Saturday and then another trip to Manitoba for Tuesday, Wednesday before back home on Saturday so there's still a couple of road games here and some long travel to, to come up but it is nice to kind of be back here and have a, a slower week before we uh, transition into some more hockey in uh, not a long time. Absolutely alright that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16.